This is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the Nash Tsunami podcast. This weekend, we are offering four conversations from Season 3, Episode 51, our first preview of Liver Meeting 2022. Plus, from The Vault, a section from our Liver Meeting 2021 coverage that includes predictions of what we might learn next week in D.C. This conversation starts with Stephen Harrison discussing a presentation Rohit Lumba will give at the Liver Meeting entitled, this is a long title, Utility of FIB4, MRE, MRI, PDFF, and FibroScan to Identify Patients with At-Risk F2, F3 NASH based on screening data from a 2,000 patient biopsy confirmed cohort of Verismuterum phase 3 clinical trial, Maestro NASH. Yeah, that's all the title. It's in parallel session 6, which goes off Sunday morning at 11.30 Eastern time. As Stephen reports, the study shows that in a triple validated set of patients with F2 to 4 fibrosis, relying on FIB4 with 1.3 cutoff as the only metric for identifying patients would have missed 57% of the F2 patients, 40% of the F3 patients, and 26% of the F4s. These are big numbers. Stephen suggests that the number of patients missed demonstrates the need to find a better method than FIB4 for initial screening. As the session ends, Jorn Schottenberg begins his comments by agreeing with Stephen that FIB4 is inappropriate for specialty clinics. However, he notes, the primary anticipated use will be to screen patients in referral pathways where the lower of patients with clinical fibrosis is far lower. As Jorn Schottenberg comments early in this episode, it is amazing how much data and energy will emerge from this meeting. So much that we are going to continue our preview episode next week. This is great stuff. So listen, enjoy, learn, and when you're done, join the dialogue on our LinkedIn discussion group. The format's really simple. We're going to go around one person at a time, pick a abstract, either poster or presentation or a couple that go together that you want to comment on. Take three, four, five minutes and talk about it, and then we'll ask some questions, and then we'll go on to the next person. Stephen, I think you get the ceremonial first chair for this one, since you're doing so much speaking at the meeting. Stephen Harrison. Ah, thanks. So you gave me my marching orders when I prepared for this podcast, and you said, you can't speak about what you've already spoken about. Well, we've already had a little bit of a discussion about some of the data that's going to be presented as late breaker. That would be the Afruxafermin data, the PXL065 data, and the uh, pimvidutide data. All are either late breaker oral or late breaker poster. So diving into my toolbox a little bit, I actually came up with a couple I think are, are going to be very interesting. And the first one is data from the Maestro Nash phase three registration trial with resmeterone. Now, this is a parallel six session on Sunday, November 6th, starting at 1130 and Rohit Lumba is the speaker. So I don't remember the abstract number, but you could find it by looking it up that way by typing in Rohit Lumba or just by going to the parallel session six and, and looking it up. The title of this is Utility of FIB4, MRE, MRI, PDFF, and FibroScan to identify patients with at-risk F2, F3 NASH based on screening data from a 2000 patient biopsy confirmed cohort of this registration trial. Now, you know, just to give you a quick little background, Maestro NASH is a 52-week phase three registrational double-blind placebo-controlled NASH clinical trial looking at the efficacy of resmeterone in patients with NASH with F2-3 fibrosis. So to be eligible for the trial, you have to have at least three metabolic risk factors. You have to have a fiber scan of at least 8.5 kPa and liver fat of at least 8%, as well as a liver biopsy showing fibrosis with stage 1B, 2, or 3. You could also get in with 1A or 1C as long as the Pro-C3 was 14 or greater also had to have a NAFLD activity score of at least four. So what are we talking about today? Well, FIB4 of greater than 1.3 is frequently used to identify potential at-risk NASH patients. And patients with FIB4 less than 1.3 may be considered at low risk. In fact, if you look at
look at the AGA clinical guidance, if you look at EASL, if you look at any of the newer algorithms for identifying and risk stratifying patients at risk for NASH, they often include FIB4. Why? Because it's cheap, it's easy, it's readily available to our population. So the idea here was to look at these cutoffs, values of 1.3 and 1.0. We applied them to about 2,000 patients who screened in for this trial. They also at the same time had labs, FibroScan, MRE, PDFF, and a screening liver biopsy. So really the whole kit and caboodle, everything you needed at screening. So we could look at all this in this analysis. And so the relationship between the screening FIB4 greater than 1 and greater than 1.3 and imaging tests with liver biopsy were all assessed. So just quickly on the results, population about 57% are F2, 40% are F3, 24% or so were F4 confirmed patients that had FIB4 less than 1.3 and 46.4% of patients with active NASH and fibrosis F2.3 had FIB4 less than 1.3. 32.6% of F2 and 18% of F3 patients had FIB4s less than 1. So what we're saying here is that a lot of these patients that would otherwise be considered low risk actually had significant disease. So let me say that another way. So if your FIB4 was less than 1.3 in that population of patients that were screened, there was a significant number of F2, F3, and F4s that were that were detected by biopsy. So highlighting the fact that there's a problem with this low FIB4 potentially missing patients. In fact, if you took it to 1.0, less than 1.0, you still had a, a large number of people that, that had significant disease. So that's the take-home point here. We could go into some of the nuances of MAST and FAST and, and MEFIB, and, and that is all included in this. But really, the thrust of this was that based on a large phase three data set of biopsy-confirmed NASH patients, FIB4 greater than or equal to 1.3 lacked the sensitivity to accurately identify patients with at-risk F23 NASH. We also did some additional analyses, and the influence of age may require an age adjustment to ensure sure younger patients are not removed from consideration for therapy. When we looked at MRE, MAST, and FAST, it did show reasonable accuracy for identifying these patients. So potentially kicking it up a notch, not just relying on FIB4, but but actually, you know, looking at combinations of imaging with blood-based biomarkers or MR elastography alone would be helpful. And so to that point, if you look at the AROC just for FIB4, it was about 0.68. And for just FibroScan, it wasn't any better at 0.66. But when you applied FibroScan plus AST, the AROC went to 0.72. For MR elastography, it was 0.79. Same for MAST and MEFIB was 0.78. So that was identifying F2 to F4 patients. So in summary, I think this highlights the fact that FIB4 is a tool that allowed us to deliver a message that was uniform to primary care, endocrine and GI that said, look, cheap, fast, readily available online calculator. Let's just begin to think about these at-risk patients and do a simple test that could potentially stratify them. Now that we're looking at this in a larger data set, of biopsy-proven NASH patients with F2 and greater fibrosis, it turns out we're probably leaving behind patients that should be treated, should be worked up, should be evaluated. And maybe we have to refine the way we think about 
some of these initial screening tests. So let's stop there. Maybe I know that's a little maybe controversial, but I'd love to hear my colleagues' opinion on it. Jeff McIntyre. Stephen, what was your uh, study size, group size again? 2,000. And how many did you miss? How many people had that scored a fib under 1.3 and actually had clinically significant fibrosis? If you look at biopsy-confirmed patients who had fib force less than 1.3, that was 57% of F2, 40% of F3, and 24% of F4. So of all the people that screened in for Meister Nash, and I think it's important to remember, you had to have three metabolic risk factors to screen. You had to have a fiber scan of at least eight and a half KPA, and you had to have at least 8% liver fat to get to the liver biopsy. So it's a little bit of a unique situation because you have to have passed those three screening criteria to get here. But looking back, we did calculate FIB4s on these people, and it turned out that more than half of the F2s had a FIB4 less than 1.3. So if we're using a screening algorithm, and 1.3 is our cut point to say we don't need to do anything else for a couple of years, re, you know, lifestyle modification, reevaluate, we're missing at least half of those people that were turning away, at least in this particular trial, had F2 disease. But probably the scarier part is 40% of F3s had a low FIB4 and a quarter of F4s did. So, you know, we could compute the numbers on what that means. I don't have them offhand here, but that's probably too many people to be leaving behind. Jörn Schottenberg. Yeah, Stephen, I think there's a great abstract. It, uh, it revisits some of the weaknesses the FIB4 has. I was able to present some of that data at EASL last year without the extensive imaging data, but it really highlights that in a speciality setting, FIB4 is not the right test. You know, if I look at my clinic, I'm not really using FIB4 to stratify my patients either. I think it speaks to it. We're going to miss too many. And in the future, we're not going to decide on treatment or not based on the FIB4 in a speciality clinic. The strength of FIB4, and I think you rightfully said so, it's easy, it's there. We can use it in referral pathways that are not as enriched with high-risk patients because here I'm with you, it misses too many. It's not acceptable if you miss, you know, every fifth F3 patient where we're going to see some problems down the line. And now back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. We'll be back next week to continue our preview of next month's liver meeting, 2022. Until then, stay safe, surf on. We look forward to seeing you on the podcast. Bye-bye now.